We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Friday night after a Timberwolves win, a 119-111 win over Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. Since D'Angelo Russell returned from his injury, the Wolves have actually been pretty good. Provided, provided, key provision, provided Carl Anthony Towns is also playing in the game. Cat and D'Lo have now played in nine games together this season. And the Wolves are 5-4 and four in those nine games. They now have wins over Detroit and Utah, the first two games of the season. And then um, three of these, these five that the two have played since then, Sacramento, Chicago, and tonight Miami. So if you extrapolate out those nine games, that is a 555 win percentage. And only nine teams in the NBA this season have a winning percentage of, you know, 555 in the NBA, like over 500 is it's pretty meaningful. Um, obviously, that's very much you know carving out the numbers in in the Wolves' favor, and I'm going to do that even more here. But that's because it's a it's actually a pretty nice cookie cutter. I mean, it, it's it's been working, I think, better than you know a lot of people who were skeptical thought. I mean, I I wouldn't even label myself as all that skeptical, but. 
I thought there'd maybe be some time until they, they found a rhythm. But the rhythm, when they've been out there together, has been good. The, the question, though, here is, right, is is how representative is is this of something that can sustain, whether that be for the rest of the season or, you know, what if we, can we actually extrapolate this out for a full season next season? You know, how likely in a full year next year are these type of results, you know, to hold? I asked Ricky Rubio um, after tonight's game what those results with their two best players, you know, mean. What do they, what do they signal to him? Ricky, this team has won five of the nine games that, Carl and D'Angelo have both played in. What do you take from that looking forward? Uh, we have the whole squad and playing together, especially two all-stars that they, they are. At the end of the day, this week, you need all-stars. You need players who can like really take over a game. And, and, and it's not just scoring. It's uh, the way, for example, Cat attracts defense and get the other guys involved with an easy bucket or whatever it is. And um, you need that. And with one, it's not enough. When you have two, it's really helpful for everybody else in the, on, on the floor. And when them tell, when them two healthy, uh, this team can be da- very dangerous. Pretty dangerous. That's, that's high praise. In the 174 minutes, those two all-stars, have been on the floor, Cat and D'Lo. Um, the Wolves have an offensive rating this year of 119 and a defensive rating of 116. Again, that's only 174 total minutes in the nine games, but that's really good offense. I mean, that's actually a number that's better than the Brooklyn Nets offense this season. And Brooklyn has the number one offense in the league. Obviously, we're we're highlighting the, the Wolves' two best players, but it, it shows you right like the level that they that they have found in these these cat and D-low minutes but the defense is bad 116 is a bad defensive rating um that's that's about the same as the portland trailblazers and their defense this year and portland ranks second to last in the league in defensive efficiency this season so we're talking i mean we're talking elite offense and awful defense when the wolves two all-stars as ricky put it are on the floor together i mean it's it's very much been a we are going to try and outscore you approach. And the reason that approach has worked since Deal's been back is because the Wolves have really been scoring when those two are out there. I mean, in in these five games that Cat and Delo have played together since Delo's been back, the Wolves have made 29 of the 59 threes the team has taken when those two are on the floor together. I mean, that's it's 49%. The, the spacing... Spacing's great, and, and the Wolves, are they're hitting their shots in more open shots in those minutes. In just the five games with Cat and D'Lo on the floor, the offensive rating is 130. But the defense has been even worse in these five games than it was back at the beginning of the season. And that's just what's happened. I mean, it's just kind of been a fact is, is in the minutes when D'Angelo's on the floor that both teams score a lot more. But that offense is insane, and, you know, to, if it could sustain to some success, you know, extent, then you you do have something special here. I mean, since the All-Star break, that's the best two-man lineup offensively in the league other than the Clippers when they have Kawhi Leonard and Luke Kennard on the floor. That's, 
it's not it's not no games. I mean, it's a small sample size, but it's it's five full games now. Yeah, and I mean, there's some there's some juicing going on there from the 49% shooting from three. So it's it's certainly going to dip some, but we we do finally have evidence to point to in the theory that was just a theory that the Wolves were going to be a special offense with Cat and Delo. They've shown it some. When they've been able to play, they've shown they are a special offense. And in tonight's game, they got they got defense from the other guys. That's why they won. You know, the defense tonight, if you watch the game, you saw Ricky Rubio and Josh Okoge. They were really solid. But then it was it was Jared Vanderbilt who made the biggest defensive difference. He was Vanderbilt's energy, man. It was it was that same energy he brought like at the very beginning of the season when you know, he's kind of fighting for those minutes. It's that it's that disruptive energy. It's the it's it's when Vanderbilt is everywhere. In the passing lanes, all over the place and grabbing rebounds. I mean, he had 14 rebounds in 22 minutes tonight. And down the stretch, I, I've really liked this. When they put Vanderbilt on, you know, the LeBrons, the Giannis's, they put him on they put him on Jimmy Butler down the stretch, and it was a, it was an intentional move by Chris Finch and it made a difference to, to close out this game. Here's Finch tonight on Vanderbilt. Hey, Chris, uh, big minutes tonight from Jared Vanderbilt off the bench. Just what kind of uh, effort did he give you, and, and how important was his contribution to this win? Yeah, I thought it was really inspirational to our guys. Came in and with his energy, almost single-handedly turned the, turned the team around. Um, that, that entire unit there in the second quarter actually deserves a lot of credit. They played really well together. And, they brought the energy and the defense and the extra possessions. Um, but, you know, that, that, that performance was uh, from, from Vando. Is, uh, it was built on the two really good performances he had in the, in the Brooklyn and the Milwaukee game. Even though we didn't play well as a team, he played very well in those games. One thing that stood out to me about Vanderbilt's performance, and it has these past few times he's played, is that all of his minutes are coming at the power forward position. I mean, tonight all of his minutes came next to either – Cat or Nas. Vanderbilt, I mean, to me, really, he's kind of all along signaled to me that he's a power forward. And he, he played an extended stretch there, kind of getting more center minutes. But it's been good to see him in this role, in these, these bigger lineups that, you know, he doesn't feel undersized in, in the guys that he's guarding. I, I think back to a season ago when the Wolves had you know, guys like Gorgie Jang, Noah Vonley, and Jordan Bell. And they just weren't, you know, they weren't ever allowed to play next to Cat. They just never really did. I don't think we know that Jang or Vonley or Bell would have been way better if they got to play power forward. But they didn't. I mean, I, I think with Vonley and Bell that, you know, seeing more of that might have made some sense. They were, because... They were just backup centers and didn't do a lot in those roles. It was easy to move on from Vonley. It was easy to trade Jang. It was easy to trade Bell. Because they just weren't meaningful. Vanderbilt has had stretches, multiple different stretches this season. Or I guess if you don't want to call tonight a stretch. Um, but these these spots where, where he has seemed meaningful. And, and I don't know if that's the case if we only would have seen Vanderbilt playing center this year. I don't think we would have said his season was at all meaningful. I don't think that's the conclusion we would come to when we reflect on Jared Vanderbilt's season. 
But in this role, I mean, I think you can start crafting an argument that Vanderbilt might make sense to bring back in the offseason. I mean, we talked about this on the last pod where you're kind of like, well, I don't know if he's a center, like, does it even make sense to bring back at the minimum? Well, I mean, Vanderbilt, he's a restricted free agent. They have the rights, you know, to to match any offer that he gets. It's not going to be big. Like, if you can... If, if, if you can carve out a role in your roster where Vanderbilt is a bench power forward, I think he makes some sense. Finch said after the game that Vanderbilt, he proved tonight that he deserves to be in the rotation going forward. And on this team, anyone who is in the rest in the rotation for the rest of the season, these final 15 games, I mean, they have a real opportunity because we're going to have Cat and Deal out on the floor. And anyone, if they show that they can synergize next to Cat and Dilo, then then they are making a case to not only be on the team next season, but to be in the rotation next year. For at least one night, Vanderbilt made that case, and he did it with his defense and his energy. We're gonna take a quick break and then you know keep talking about this game. ever said to yourself i love the fact that i've had the same pair of sheets since just after college and i've never liked them but i keep washing them every week and putting them back on the bed just like it's totally normal well stop it brooklinen can make that voice in your head and the bad sheets on your bed go away brooklinen was started by rich and vicky who also tried to boost their home essentials in a way that didn't cost them an arm and a leg and when they couldn't they founded brooklinen which is the first direct to consumer bedding company they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They're so confident you will love their products that they even have a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is also so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, they got pillows, towels, loungewear, more. So go to brooklinen.com and use promo code MORE, my last name, M-O-O-R-E, to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, you get free shipping. That's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, and enter promo code MORE to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more and free shipping. brooklinen.com and use promo code MORE at checkout. Somewhat related to Jared Vanderbilt's performance tonight, I want to talk a little bit about Chris Finch and and what we are seeing kind of his approach to coaching to be. And I thought Vanderbilt getting extended minutes tonight and actually closing the game was indicative. It was the it was the latest Finch flex, you know, Finch flex to the rotation that we've seen. I mean, Finch Finch lets guys go. Like he lets guys who are rolling stay in the game for extended stretches. He puts them in roles they don't normally play in. If they're playing well, it's like, I just want guys out there who are playing well. I mean, that's been a pattern for him. He's pretty damn willing to let whoever the five guys who've been playing well, you know, close the game. And I think that's I think that's a really good thing. I was thinking about this during the, uh, the Boston game. I think it was the Boston game where Josh Okoge... Yeah, he, he brought that really good energy at the start of the Boston game against the Celtics, and he had he had the, all those steals in the first quarter and those dunks that he got fouled on, and he was just playing that super active Akogi ball brand. And Finch rolled with him. I mean, if you track Finch's rotations, normally 
when Okogi starts games, he's the first sub out of the game in the first quarter, like six minutes into the game. But that night, Finch let Okogi be the last starter on the floor. He subbed out Ant. He subbed out McDaniels. He subbed out Rubio and even subbed out Cat before he took out Okogi. I mean, that's, that's not something we saw Ryan Saunders do much of. You know, Saunders had more of a set lineup, and he was conservative with it. He targeted specific groups. Finch gets weird. Like, he, he lets weird groups get out there. It is riskier. I mean, sometimes it's cost him. He's even said that. You know, he, he said sometimes he's at, ended up with a bad mix of guys that, you know, cost them for a few minutes. But from player's perspective, I think those nods, that recognition you know, of faith, you know, that, that can go a long way. And it often can often lead a player to play more inspired. You know, Okogi went on to have a really good game against the Celtics. He had that big dunk over Tristan Thompson, um, you know, later on in that game. And the same thing happened with Vanderbilt tonight. Like Finch let him kind of feed on his own energy tonight. To, I mean, the, the closing lineups were super weird. You know, the whole fourth quarter was super weird tonight. I mean, Finch just let, because Vanderbilt was rolling, he's like, he's going to be out there even if this group is not a group that normally plays together. I mean, the closing lineup was not one we've seen before. It was Cat, Vanderbilt, Edwards, D'Lo, and Rubio out there. I don't know how many minutes of those five, you know, played together this season. I don't want to look it up right now, but it can't be much. Finch just prioritized Vanderbilt's energy out there defensively and the normal power forwards who we've got accustomed to seeing in that spot, you know, McDaniels to close a game or Wancho, you know, if it's not McDaniels, I mean, those guys, those guys weren't out there. He also left Ricky in the game to close the game because Ricky, Ricky was playing well tonight and he left Ricky out there next to D'Lo, even though those two normally don't play together much. And, you know, that's, a, again, a nod to Rubio. Like, you played good in the first three quarters. We're going to leave you out there next to D'Lo, even though we know that's kind of a wonky fit. He kind of bets on previous positive play, you know, trumping any sort of awkward lineup fits. I asked Fitch about this after the game. Coach, you, this isn't the, the first game where kind of your, your fourth quarter group, you've gone maybe with the, a guy who's who's played well earlier on in the game. I mean, is it fair to say that that's kind of your rotation philosophy is to, is to let a guy keep going when they, when they are having a, a good game rather than staying kind of by the, the plan, the pre pregame plan? Yeah. A yeah. A little bit. I, I mean, we've talked about this when it, as it pertains to, uh, you know, Anthony not finishing games, it's, it's not a, it's not a question of whether it, it really is like we have a lot of flexibility. Um, no one has a birthright to finish a game. Um, that's a, that's actually a, a great thing for us because we can, you know, like tonight we wanted Vando, like Josh did a really good job on, on Butler, but we just wanted a little bit more length on him and Vando was playing really well. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so we're just going to try to go back to that and, um, you know, we, we, we're just going to try to keep it like that as, as much as we can. This type of coaching philosophy is very Toronto. It's very Nick Nurse. I mean... If you remember when the Wolves last played the Raptors, actually Finch was still their lead assistant then. I remember actually talking about after that game, kind of in the context of how Saunders was always closing with the same guys, the same guys over and over. I talked about how Nick Nurse closed that game against the Wolves with two players 
who didn't play at all in the first half of that game. He just went to he just went to guys for a spark and then just left them in to to close the game. One was Terrence Davis. I'm blanking on who the other one was, but I remember specifically at the t- the time, you know, noting that like these two dudes didn't play at all in the first half and now they're, you know, closing the game and having a big impact on it. You know, that that's that's that flexibility that nurse uses is kind of, it's kind of something he's found power in, in Toronto. It's, it's why they've, you know, have this perception of a deep team because, you know, 10, 12 deep on their team, those guys have all contributed, you know, to winning in, in crunch time, not every night, but, but different guys here and there like Vanderbilt tonight. And I, I do think that that belief can be empowering to players and, you know, I mean, so long as it's well understood, it's got to be well understood by your starters that, you know, no player, as Finch said, has a birthright to close the game. And if they understand that, then there's not really, you know, this personality's downside or clashing to happen. I mean, the opposite happened with Saunders, right? Where, where almost the entire starting lineup had a birthright to close games. And downside was obviously felt there when things got wonky. I really do think there will be games, you know, whether it's down the stretch this season or next season, where some of the big game, big name guys, you know, they, they won't play in closing time. I, I'd be, I would be shocked if that ever happened to Cat. I think he does have a birthright. I think he certainly deserves one. But as far as guys like Beasley goes, like, couldn't you see there being a game where they go with like a Kogi over Beasley to close a game just because they want to prioritize defense? Or if Rubio's still here, would it shock you if Finch didn't close a game with D'Lo and just kind of rolled with what was working with Rubio if that happened to be working that one game? I mean, obviously, Beasley and D'Lo, they're going to be the normal closing time guys, but guys don't always have good games, and sometimes the role players bring more energy. I mean, we've already seen this twice this year. Like The best indication is that Finch benched Ant twice in closing time early, early on, right once he got here. Like, it, it, it's it's a flex by the coach, and I don't think it's, I don't for Finch, I don't think it's something that he's afraid of. I think he just finds it logical. And tonight, it, it definitely it definitely contributed to the win. I'm going to keep tonight's episode a little bit shorter, in part because I'm recording with Britt Saturday afternoon, so I'm sure we'll peel back more from this game in that episode when we're chatting, you know, probably specifically a little bit to Jimmy Butler and what happened in this game. And then also that uh, this cat and D'Lo pairing, we'll dig into that a little bit more. I mean, Britt's now at these games with me and you know, sitting next to me. So I've been hearing a common Brit refrain of, well, both teams do, do sure score a lot when D'Lo's out there. So I think he's still, I still think he's probably a little bit skeptical on, on the numbers or would point out the defensive ones that I highlighted tonight, but it'll be fun to chat about. So so look for that on you know sometime maybe Saturday evening to publish. I also want to um, plug the locker room app sessions that I've been doing uh, twice a week over on the locker room app. I've been doing those for about I think like five or six weeks now, and they've proven you know for me just to be a really good way to to kind of understand um, what you listeners you know want. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Want to further dig into. I mean, I've taken a lot of the topics that we've discussed in those Q&As and, you know, kind of inserted them into podcast topics as we've gone forward. And it's also just, it's just a place that if you have a specific question um, that you want to talk about or you want me to talk about, then, you know, you get up on stage and you ask the question and everyone hears it and we talk about it for a while. So if you haven't tried it out, I'd recommend it. Um, I will be on there the hour before tip off on Sunday night before the game against the Clippers. So if you haven't already done it, download the locker room app and follow me on there. Um, that way you'll get notifications whenever I go live with these streams or just, you know, go to Twitter. I'll, I tweet out the links for that. And Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central, I will do that. The Wolves are five and four with Kat and Dilo. That's not bad. I will talk to you all with Britt on Saturday. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.